Okay, I've got an idea I wanted to run by you guys. Jason Sudeikis. What do you think about him hosting the Oscars at some point? Do you think, yeah or nay, would that be good, bad? Do you think he'd be a good host? I'm just asking because, you know, he's he's kind of playing the Billy Crystal role in this movie. And, you know, he's not impersonating Crystal, but there's some Crystal energy to him. And I just, I wonder if that would transfer over to the Oscars because it's been lacking these days. And it's been, um, unfortunately, controversial these days. And I, I think it would just be nice to see, you know, them bring it back to something classy and I don't know, maybe the Sudeikis will do it. What do you guys think? Anyways, movies sleeping with other people. Enjoy. We are the gents. That's we not are our the name. I was trying to jump in. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, but you jumped in like like you were wearing like steel-toed boots <laughs> and you landed on my foot. <laughs> I mean I'm an awkward. I'm an I'm an awkward fella. Hey, you, you start. You start us off this time. Um, we are the gents. Do I keep going? Well, I was I was gonna jump in. Oh, you uh, jump in. Jump in. It's it. The water's fine. Jump on in. Hi everyone. It's a gentleman's guide to rom coms. <laughs> We're dumb. <laughs> We're not coordinated or syncopated at all. But that's because we got no sleep last night. What were we doing? We were shooting a movie. We it were felt sh- good. We were shooting a little short film. Our, our night last night was basically spent with a in a warehouse that was super creepy with a bunch of cool Portland filmmakers, and it was and great. It was super cold. It was really, oh, it was really cold, but and it was, was really good to be back on set. Going to the actress, I'm like, put on this jacket. Put on this other jacket. It's that cold <laughs> in yeah. April. She was a trooper, though. She, she was. was. She was using the cold. Yes, to her advantage. She's like, no, no, I need it. I'm like, okay, but please don't get hypothermia because of us. <laughs> Um, but you know it was nice to be on set with you kelly it was so nice to be working with you again after this dry spell of not working together for like five years what is this are we hobbying together this is a hobbyist work and last night you know we were working we were working for free but we were working but we were still working (laughs) um it's good it's good it's good it's good we don't need sleep who who needs sleep um not our children no wow children like plural like your kid and my kid make children robin and i were talking about how our child hasn't played with other children yet and how weird that is Mm -hmm. and then robin like brought up another child that was born a month ago and was like well she could play with them and i'm like no (laughs) no they're not gonna be doing much robin well no and it wasn't that it was just that like a, a one and a half month old is still too delicate Right. But I can't also have my child play with your child because your child would break my child. There's like this stairway of children. And well, okay, that's a weird image. <laughs> yeah, it but, is. But like you can you can only really have kids playing with each other until they get to a certain age with other kids their age. Right. Because they won't hurt each other. This happens so much. all the time where we go to the park and I see other kids and Theo sees them and he's like, huh, kids. And I'm like, do I make him go play with the kids or do we just do solo play and the other kids can come around? Go play. Go play with the kids. And he's only two, so I can't really like explain why you should be socializing, son. So the thing is, Theo, if you start becoming a recluse now, 
I'm going to have to start buying you cigarettes and, you know, then you're going to be like a poet and you'll be in that corner at the coffee shop and no are one's going to talk to you. Are you the dad from uh, Breakfast Club? <laughs> smoke up, Theo. Hey, smoke up, Theo. You're going to be a poet. Um, what do you think about the dads in this movie? The dads, um, who counts as a dad? Oh, we got Jason, Jason Manzukis. Yeah. So the movie is Sleeping With Other People, mm-hmm. uh, starring Jason Sudeikis and Jason Manzukis and Jason Bree and Jason Brody, and mm. Jason Eichner. And Jason I love Pete. Jason. I love Jason Brody. He's and Jason one of my, Scott. he's one of my favorites. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, maybe we should just jump on in and talk about this nice indie film from 2015. You want to dive from this, this pool that we are in? Yeah. Cause I told you the water's fine. Right. But that pool, what do you think about that water? It's going to be, it's going to be hot. Hot, hot, hot. Okay. Let's jump. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Sleeping with other people starts in a college dorm hall, which neither of us have a lot of experience with because we went to a tiny little school and we didn't really have <laughs> Speak for like yourself. This. I visited other colleges. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So you totally get dorm life like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> I know uh, these people. We meet Allison Brie, who's fr- frosh, freshman, sophomore. I, I mean, I would assume she feels that like she's, a freshman. she's a younger classman than Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. And watching like 35-year-old Jason Sudeikis play 22-year-old Jason Sudeikis <laughs> is pretty great. Yeah. Because he's he doesn't look young, but they, they try with the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And she's slamming her fists on this door and she's screaming let me in matthew Selvacek, let me in and i i love like the character that allison brie is being right now because she's annoying as all get up but she's like (laughs) she's she's doing that thing where she wants to be taken like as an adult yeah but it's but she's innocent and she's trying not to be innocent but she's also wild and crazy yeah yeah um, and so the RA comes by and he's like, uh, you're a freak and tries to kick her out. And she's still freaking out. And Jason Sudeikis Saves swoops her. in. And he's like, oh, no, no, she's my guest because people have to have guests in dorms, which this is wasn't a, a thing super, in our tiny dorms. This is a super patient RA. Yeah. By the way. Like, yeah, because she's berating him. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. And then flying. she flips him off on the way. I yeah. was like, I, I, you know, if you want to bring up our school, I think she w- would have been kicked out of the dorm. Would she? I don't know. There's some hijinks in the the dorms I was in. Hijinks, but like somebody yelling at a door saying, why won't you have sex with me? That's true. At our tiny Christian college. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Um, So we get a nice prologue conversation between uh, Jake and Lainey. Not Elaine, Lainey. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, why are you freaking out? And she's like, I was going to have sex with Matthew Sobacek. Matthew Sobacek. she's like, that that dude's boring. And he makes a very good, funny monologue about Sobacek is like blues traveler to the... Yeah, like his... his, It's like, if I went and described, um, you know, the Beatles... To somebody like I think he says something never original from yeah. like Australia, just somebody who hasn't heard them before and showed them Blues Traveler. That's what it's like. Yeah, and uh, because she's a virgin and she wants to lose her virginity right. to Matthew Sobacek. Yeah, and they get to talking yada yada yada. They uh, have, and we find out that he's also a virgin, mm-hmm. even though he plays it off that he isn't at first, and they have 
what probably amounts to like awkward, but at least we're having sex for sex. Yeah. 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 Um, nice rooftop sex, which I, I, it's I like wonder the if it's chilly up there. And Greg. <laughs> right. Do you think it was cold up on that roof? No, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 well, it's either spring. Mm-hmm. It's spring because yeah, it's gotta be late spring. It's gotta be late spring or like the first or week in September, yeah. like the first week. No, but she's been seducing. She's been trying to seduce or like he's been seducing her for at least a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. Mr. Sobachev. I do have a question about motivation for the scene. Mm-hmm. She is like frantically like knocking the door down at the beginning of this movie. She's like, have sex with me now. Well, I, I think it's she's I think she's mad at him because like what what this what it implied to me was that he said that they were going to mm-hmm. but then denied her in, yeah. in some it's way. It's just and an slept interesting reaction. It's an interesting reaction to be well, wait, did he sleep with someone else? Like was he Yeah, I think was in he her, betraying her? Like in her monologue that she's yelling at the door, he was actually ended up being with someone else. Was I'm, there another girl in there? Yeah, I think so. Or I don't I don't know, but it's that she would have seemed, made more sense for her anger because her seemed, anger seemed she just was rejected. She seemed drunk as well. Right. So that's that's what I thought is she was drunk and she was like knocking on this door and she felt rejected. It somehow. was it was a weird it was a weird emotion. But, you know, she, we can she had she had like uh, some a little crazy energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not going to call her crazy. No, I'm not going to call her. Crazy. No, she just had some energy. It's crazy. That felt energy. Crazy. Uh, so then we smash cut to years later they're in new york city we catch up with jason sudeikis he's a bit of a a bit of a cad a little bit of a lothario Uh uh-huh and he logics his (laughs) understandably crazy energy girlfriend who is very upset because he he slept with her best her best friend yeah and he he does that that thing that a lot of dudes especially from I, I feel like this is 2015 talking to 2005 yeah. right now where uh, like, he's like, look, you said that you wanted to be casual, you know, you s- uh, like not me. Mm-hmm. And his, it's funny because his logic holds up, but it's you just, can tell that there's some context that like, like he knew exactly what this he's person still manipulating wanted. the situation. Yeah. He's still manipulating. Even if his logic is true, he's like an evil Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah, huh? evil Vulcan. I like that. Um, and she throws him in front of a taxi cab, and I'm like, that's a good move. That makes total sense, because I think she realized, like, you're being an evil Vulcan. You shouldn't be around. So, okay, I, I like how... and <laughs> he uh, Jason Sudeikis perpetrates a little violence towards the end of this movie. Right. And I want to know what your opinion is on that violence <laughs> when you're approving of somebody pushing somebody in front of a car because they slept with somebody else. All right. Else. <laughs> if, if it comes down to it, I don't really approve it, but this is the one move in the movie. I'm like, makes total sense that she would do that. I'm not, I'm not oh, no, saying no. it's a good idea. Story wise. It makes sense. It makes yeah. complete sense that it would happen. Right. And so that's where he is. And Alison Brie has the best scene with Adam Brody, who is not enough in this movie. Or we needed more Adam Brody. I think you always need more Adam Brody. He's amazing. He's like Cool Whip. Yeah. You know, like you have a cake and you put some Cool Whip on it. And you're you like, know what I that need? was good. But... I need fluffed canola oil. Ugh, what? That's what Cool Whip is. It's fluffed oil. But it also has sugar in it. That's what makes Adam Brody so sweet. Mm. <laughs> All the sugar. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're having a conversation, and Adam Brody is seemingly not the best boyfriend. 
because he loves talking about himself. Right. And but, it's one of those performances that the director, uh, Leslie High, Leslie, it's spelled Les L-Y-E. I'm like, Leslie? Leslie? Probably Leslie. Yeah. So Leslie. Yeah. Les, sure. Um, gets these very like big, like sweeping, like, oh man, so manic performances. And yeah. It's like, it's a little much for me. It, it is, but I, I'm surprised that you're not into it because you like movies like There's Something About Mary that has like right. extremely kooky or Step out- Brothers, which right. is totally outrageous. It's it's that this I think our our characters of Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie are so grounded mm-hmm. that sometimes these other characters feel a little yeah. big. Yeah, but um, it's still Adam Brody, so I'm like ah, I, I th- I'm okay. I I honestly think every single actor in this movie is extremely good yeah i think the directorial choices of the acting are a little strange sometimes right but it doesn't matter because like like this this scene between uh allison brie and adam brody is she's trying to read him something and he's just not listening and it's a confession of her sleeping with somebody else which again brings us back to the most important thing we need to tell all romantic couples and filmmakers yes, yes, yes. do not break up with your partner at a restaurant adam brody i like that adam brody calls it out in this scene he's like why would you do this here because she's like i was afraid you were gonna make a scene well yeah i am so my, do it at home my favorite moment in this entire movie is that she tells him that she cheated on him and he he just spits his water. Just yeah. not like spit take. He just no. He just spits it back it. in his. his <laughs> and the like the waiter who is Michael Cyril Creighton. Uh, I just because I only know this because he's on. You totally recognize him. He's that guy. He's that guy. He's yeah. a that guy. Yeah. You see him. You see him places in movies. Yeah. And he, when he's first at their table, he fills up one water glass, <laughs> fills up another one. And then he goes back and tops off. The that's first a good, one. that's a good little moment. Yeah. And then he tries to give them bread later and they're like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think this scene works if you don't have Adam Brody and Alison Brie in these parts. Yeah. Adam Brody was perfect. Yeah. He came in, he swooped in, you know, Batman to the situation and then took off. And he makes this acting choice that Robin and I both loved, um, where at the end she's like, I'm, I'm a sex addict. And he's like, you're not a sex addict. You're a whore. And he calls her a whore. And I think if he plays this like mad or flip or anything other than the way he plays this, it doesn't work. But what he does is he hangs his head and like cries the word at her Mm -hmm. on her. Yeah. And for some reason, because he's pathetic, we're sympathetic to him. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, I think the director did a magic trick like picking this yeah. or he did it, it was a good move because now we're sympathetic to both of them yeah because like you know obviously she doesn't want to hurt him but and she's trying to be honest but he can't take it because also he's hurt but he also calls her a whore which makes us feel bad for her but he's so hurt that we're not mad at him it's this movie does it does a good job of saying well you might not like these people or this person but you can understand them as a human in mm-hmm. this situation yeah yeah um, so then I'm trying to remember the order of operations. Is that when she sees Sobachek at the doctor's office? Uh, yeah, she texts him. No, no, no. Because she goes to the, um, she goes to the church first. Oh, and, and then meets up with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Like he sees her and they're like, Hey, what's oh, okay. up? You know, we, we yeah. had sex a long time ago and 
I like when he's like, Jason Sudeikis, you you still haven't seen Ted Lasso. No, yet. We'll get to her. He's supposed to be just the greatest mm-hmm. and so nice and so kind. But the, like, his his performance is kind of like a sweeter Ryan Reynolds in a weird way in this where yeah. he can deliver a line where he's he's like, I'll look, I'm on Facebook. And then he's like, weird to say out loud. Yeah. And it walks away and it, it really works. But then we like to the crux of this movie, Alison Brie goes to Matt Sobachek's gynecology office. Yeah. And it's played by a Adam Scott who's playing against type, which was good. Good thinking. He looks like Hitler's serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> like the one that that a Nazi would be like, hey, you that look like guy? a stand up person that could kill people. We need him. We need him in our court. Nope. Adam Scott, you're a beautiful human being. I don't think you look like a Nazi. That's they not what made, I'm saying. Made you to look a certain way. He has yeah. this mustache and this, and this slick whipped back, back hair, hair and yeah. these glasses. Yeah. Um. So she goes to see him, and things proceed. And she's trying to. I don't know what she, her what she's hoping to get out of the situation. Well, she's trying to break up with him. Yeah. Right. And um, she's she she knows he's not good for her. Yeah. Like. It's it's that thing where where he's probably made so many choices in their relationship as two people that has shown her that she's not worthwhile to him, but she's still ultimately attracted to him. It's yeah. a poisonous relationship. Right. I've been there. I know what it's like, Alison Brie. <laughs> yeah. But she like literally asks him to delete his number from her phone so that she can't contact him. Cause she's like, I don't think I can do it. She hands the phone to him and rather than deleting it, he walks around to her and like hands the phone back and like touches her and like pulls her back in makes like, and in this weird, extremely beautifully shot moment, he's like, they start having sex and like I just, the framing and the mm. lighting of the scene was so pretty. And he does that weird thing where he's like, he like, ask for consent in a creepy way. Right. Like it's, it's, it's like, yeah, you're getting consent, but he's like, he's so creepy about it. Yeah. The, the one element of this scene that made me go, no, I'm not going to buy what you're selling me is the door is open to Mm -hmm. the rest of the office. And I'm like, no, they're not going to have sex with the door halfway open while the office, the rest of the office is out there. I didn't, I was like, no, I am not buying it. Not at all. Do you want to know my opinion? Sh- sure. Okay. Have you been in circumstances where people are in public spaces like this having sex? Wait, have I known about people in public having sex is what you're asking? In a public, in a doctor's office where the doctor is having sex with a patient and Wait, the door is halfway so open in order for- and so people can be looking and hearing in. So in order for me to experience this moment, you must be No, asking- I'm asking if it's you must believable. Be asking- you, yeah, you must be asking me if I've witnessed this. Not if you've witnessed it. I'm asking, you really think this is believable? I, I So, yeah, I think I think the Adam Scott character mm-hmm. doesn't care about getting caught. Yeah. I think he almost, almost psychologically wants to get caught. Everything else about his character doesn't show that, though. He's a very, like, put-together person and has this, like, life that he's built up. It's like, really? You want to, like... Put I think, that on the line. I think he's a risk taker. And I think Alison Brie wants him to get caught because she like very specifically, she looks to the door. Right. And 
almost doesn't look like she wants it to be open, but almost does. And they're finished so quickly and they're so quiet that like, and it, to me, it seems like they are as a couple, they've had sex thousands of times. Right. And like, they are both getting something out of that. We might get caught sexualness. I think I would understand if the door was closed and unlocked that I would get and be totally accept. Sure. But the door halfway open to the rest of the, everyone uh, else sitting out there it's not halfway open. Like it's, uh, it's cracked, but I I'll give it to you that like it's pushing the boundary of believable, but it, the moment wasn't broken by that for yeah, me. Yeah. That's where the movie was like, what? And it, it, it was very hard for me to get my suspension of disbelief back. It was already mm. suspended and I'm like, come back. <laughs> well, after this, we meet, um, what is, what is her name? Where is she? Amanda Pete? No. Um, uh, uh, her friend, Alison Bree's friend. Oh, um, the Why star can't I think of, her of name? Russian Doll. A- yeah. <laughs> Melanie A- Linsky. Yes. No. No. Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. I was who's, who's also in Orange is the New Black. <laughs> but she's like, her friend who's at a bar, and she's like, what are you still doing? She's, she honestly fills the gay best friend role. Right, and she's she's the Carrie Fisher to our Meg Ryan. Yes, exactly. Because this movie is not a carbon copy of When Harry Met Sally, but a lot of it is When Harry Met Sally. It's a When Harry Met Sally clone. And that doesn't mean it's a ripoff, but it's a clone. I don't think it's a clone. I think it's, unless you're saying it's a clone like in Orphan Black. Uh, no, <laughs> but the premise of this movie is, can two people successfully have a friendship without letting sex get in the way? That is the premise of both films. Um, so I, I think. And that is the philosophical question for both films. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't argue with you. This one, this one dances around the, the, it, it doesn't lay it on the line as much as when Harry met Sally, right. where, where it's like they in the movie are like, like bring that up as a topic of conversation. Whereas this one more like ice skates around it a little bit. I think, I think this movie feels comfortable doing that because like ah but do they explore sexuality the way that we do it's like no but you know i i still think it's a carbon copy like you you do new things i agree but it's still not quite enough for me to go oh a new direction for the rom-com it's like eh, i've seen this movie yeah no i agree um the uh but like they meet and she's like this guy's bad for you and we're like we all know he seems bad (laughs) he seems like a serial killer um but then, like, she's like, go out, go out with Jason Sudeikis. He seems great. And she's Allison, got a good point. Yeah. And Alison Brie goes out with him and they end up, like, not being on a date, but then being on a date. Oh, and, and we see more of Jason Manzoukas and, and his wife. Andrea Savage. Yeah. They're great. They're fantastic. Yeah. I honestly, like, Jason's, Jason Manzoukas is always obnoxious. But in a fun way. But in a, like, sometimes it's, like, a little too far, but I, I really liked him in this movie. You did? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I liked Good. I liked him in this movie because I, he's like playing, like he's playing a dad, and mm-hmm. I, I think I just related to him a little yeah, bit as a, a dad, lot, a lot. Uh, so, like they uh, they go on a date and they decide, like at the end of it, like they're they're being very candid with each other, mm-hmm. like more so than they are with their friends. Where like he admits to you know sleeping with a bunch of people like Harry from when Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. but her character is different from Sally. Yeah. Like very much so. Like yeah. she, she admits to being like kind of addicted to this Matthew. Character. They're both Harry. <laughs> like they both have the same foibles that Harry does in when Harry met Sally. What's Harry's foible. That's like Alison Breeze. That 
they're they look at sex in a much more casual way and doesn't like the the crux that Harry and Sally have near the end of the film is that Sally is like you you don't take sex seriously enough and he's like whatever like their big fight at Jess and um, Carrie Fisher's house oh I don't I don't think so I think I think she takes it very seriously Allison Brie yeah yeah but she's not puritanical the way Sally is about it I wouldn't say Sally's puritanical she has sex with you know the people she's dating she just doesn't sleep around a lot right right yeah I, but, I, I wouldn't call that puritanical n- no but yeah no i'm not yeah i get what you're meaning <laughs> okay, okay but like i mean this develops a friendship right mm-hmm. where they are like okay if we ever have sexual thoughts about each other we'll just say mousetrap right? right and they basically just circle around each other becoming better and better friends and falling slowly in love mm-hmm. um which was such a shocking development, right? Like, did you see that coming? Or <laughs> Are you being sarcastic right now? I am. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, I saw it coming, but I always like we're in a re- we're in a genre where I always see the main two characters falling in love. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what you were expecting to I, be surprised I'd say about here. I'm going to jump into my like critical assessment of the film of mm-hmm. this is where the movie got boring for me and stayed boring for me where I was just like watching them go through the motions and I wasn't enjoying them go through the motions the way that I see other couples and rom-coms that are predictable. You didn't think they had chemistry? <sighs> I like them individually. I just didn't feel it. Mm, okay. I wasn't feeling it. And I think it's, it's a, like a conflation of, I don't think the script was quite original, not original in its premise, more just, the scenes individually as written, it felt like there was a lot of improv. Did it seem like a very improvised film? Yes, it felt like a very improv. Not not as much as what um, what Alison Brie was doing. Like, yeah, this movie more than anything showed me that Alison Brie is a really good actor. Yeah, um, I, but it did feel, especially everything that Manzukis was doing and some of what Sudeikis was doing, felt improv. It as well. felt like to me that they didn't work very hard on the script and just thought, let's just cast really funny people and have them figure out yeah, the comedy. I agree. I don't think it's a very well-written script. Yeah. Um, Which I, is why I got bored. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, I do think, however, the plot of this movie, e- even if the story is basically the same as when Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. I think the plot is interesting because of the addition of the Adam Scott character. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to say it's perfectly executed. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But the idea that this one character is addicted to another one and that's their problem. Yeah, and it they're does being create better conflict. I do agree with you in that sense. Yeah, like so. Uh, eventually, something happens in the movie where, like, Alison Brie and Jason Sudeikis have been hanging out for a long time together, mm-hmm. and they've been trying to kind of end successfully helping each other mature a little Mm -hmm. bit. And that's something that we don't see so much of in when Harry met Sally, we see them like watching other people mature around them and them being there for each other when something doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, And this one, it's more like they're, they're learning how to be better like they're, they're, they're just maturing a little bit. Like Jason Sudeikis in this weird scene teaches Alison Brie how to pleasure herself, Mm -hmm. which I honestly thought was, I thought a lot of this script was 
Jason Sudeikis's character being like, I know a little bit more about you than you think you do. Yeah. And then Alison Brie going, okay. <laughs> a more talented director would have made that a hundred times more sensual. Yes. Yeah. And, and like almost quietly sensual, mm-hmm. like I think, um, and, but they do, they do teach each other things. Like I do like that, um, when he is, you know, dating somebody, she like probes him for questions about like, or she like teaches him like, you know what, like you, you have to, you have to like learn how to communicate with this woman better if you don't want X or X to be the outcome. Right. I'm trying to figure out like there was that one woman he dated, um, like his story about the the black girlfriend and she like gave him crap about why do you have to tell me that she's black? Oh, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what the life lesson was from that story. Um, well, it was, uh, it was that he, it was kind of getting to the point where he, she at the end was like, I didn't come. Right. And then he was like, Oh, uh, Oh, he was feeling insecure about it. Yeah. He was feeling insecure about it. And, and she's like, you know, not every woman does that. And that's what I think propels them into this, this conversation about like, she's like, I have, yeah. I've only done it with this guy. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a navigation. I think there's, there's a lack of, I, I think so many of these scenes are interesting premises. Right. And I really do love Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie in these scenes. I think they pull them off swimmingly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of it's people standing around talking. <laughs> there's a lot of narrative <laughs> jumps to conclusions that happens where it's my jump (laughs) to conclusions like the character's like i learned this about myself i'm like did you like when when where where was i i don't remember you learning this lesson because they get to a point where he gets invited to jason manzuka's manzuka's uh children's birthday party and they're like let's do molly and go to this birthday party and (laughs) that's right allison brie is like I learned to just enjoy my body finally. I guess it's because of that conversation they had, but I was like, I don't see how I just this felt scene... like she was high. I yeah, so I guess so. That was fine for me because like if you're on Molly, you're going to be like, Whoa, I feel weird in my body or It it felt like it was she said some kind of line where she was trying to say something like profound about her character development. I'm like, I don't I'm not sure. following where you're you're coming for me, from. For me, the fall apart was when like Jason Menzukis and Jason Sudeikis were sitting on a bench and talking about how cool are our last names. But then they also like Jason Menzukis would always be like, you know what's cool is that you dated this person and that you've become this person now. And yeah, it's like it's what really are you guys talking spelling about? it out for us. Friends don't talk like this. No. Um Oh, also, there's a huge subplot where they're millionaires yeah. because they like him and um, uh, our main character and Jason Manzukas like sold their IP to somebody basically, yeah. and then were bought out. And their boss is Amanda Pete, and she's fantastic. She's in this movie. great in I this movie. I love her in this movie. And they like Jason Sudeikis kind of hounds her for a date, but I like it because it's not. Like, I like having a character who's like, I'm really interested in you and he's going to try, but he doesn't become like that boorish guy where he's just like, persistence is key as long as I just keep going. Yeah. You know, he's just like, I'm going to take a swing. She said no. A year later, I'm going to try again. And hey, she said yes, because I was charming. Well, his his like his like big swings have been she's like, I don't date my employees. He's like, "Okay, well, I'll just quit. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll sacrifice 
all my stocks so I won't be a millionaire and I won't get anything out of all the work I've done just so we can date. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's a very, very grand romantic gesture. But also I don't understand how to read you right now because you're, you've, you've, you've had this career and he was very intent. He's like, no, I'll quit. I'll just, I think, I don't think that was, I think he knew going in, it wasn't going to happen. Either she was going to say, no, keep this. Or she was going to say, go on a date. Mm -hmm. I don't think he would like, I don't think legitimately that would have happened. It was a sell of confidence. It's like, I'm, I'm willing to do this to get a date with you. Like you almost can't say no to that kind of confidence. (laughs) What if it, what if it backfired? What if she took his resignation? I think if she started signing, he would have been like, just just joking. (laughs) I think that that would have been the long call. God, that would have been a good, that would have been a good like twist to the scene. And she still would have dated him in spite of that and be like, Oh wait, 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 wait. And like actually pull it away. Yeah. yeah, That would have been good. Yeah. Um, Oh, well (laughs) the, uh, and they, they have this interesting scene where, like we get all the way to the point in the movie where um, Alison Brie hasn't talked to Matthew Sobacek at all yeah. in a long time. She's been really healthy. They get past this part where they're walking in Central Park, our main two characters, and Matthew Sobacek calls her and she has like a legit freak out when mm-hmm. um, when uh, Jason Sudeikis doesn't let her answer the phone. And I don't know if you've ever been here with a friend, but like it is it is real yeah it's where rough. it where it's like like i missed this opportunity to like get a hit of that drug that i've been missing for a long time and right. it put me into a relapse right and she goes to this party with this new guy that she dates who is a, we, he's been in one of our other movies too he is Buffy's boyfriend from season 3 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, yeah what is that guy in uh what what is his name um like squeaky clean Bellamy. Yeah. Okay. So Robin was like, he's got a Bellamy face and I really want to talk about it. We'll talk about him more in trope talk. Okay. Okay. So she's dating this guy and like she ends up meeting uh, Matthew Sobacek's wife and Matthew Sobacek at the party. And Matthew Sobacek is like, "Mm, I'm going to get me some more of that Alison Brie. And she like has this scene where she ends up in the bathroom and like, pukes just vomits all over the toilet and (laughs) this isn't i it seems dramatic but like the way allison brie plays that and the way she talks to emma in the bathroom Mm -hmm. like you're talking to like how how messed up is the scene where you're talking to the pregnant wife of this man who cheated on his wife with you with repeatedly repeatedly and she's being kind and and you have to be kind back it like she looked like a pane of broken glass. Yeah. She was just like holding it together before falling apart. And well, the scene before they're like all talking is like, oh, how do you know each other? Because she's introducing the squeaky clean boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, the wife, Sobachek's wife is like a lawyer, I think, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's like, oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I'm a OBGYN. And then Sobachek is like, oh. What are you? What do you do, Elaine? Or Elaney? What yeah, do you do? Because, well, because he's he's in on one hand, like solidifying that he doesn't know her by asking this question but on the other hand like making her feel bad which seems like what their relationship was like, just the cruelest thing just which god it really lines up with i'm gonna make you feel bad but then i'm going to have sex with you and make you th- feel better yeah. and it's like this it seems like what their relationship has been for a long time yeah which Ugh. definitively toxic yeah yeah exact toxic is the good word i'm glad you brought it up yeah 
And then um, on the other side of this night, um, Jason Sudeikis has this great date with Amanda Pete, and they go back and have sex. Now, their date leading mm-hmm. up to that, there's your chemistry. There was chemistry where I was enthralled. I wanted a whole movie of this kind of chemistry. That would have been enough for me to be into this movie because this I was feeling. Because Amanda Pete, You just want two is... characters that like each other all movie? <laughs> well, she... But, like... Sudeikis and Alison Brie are very a- amiable around each other mm-hmm. and they're very charming with each other. And there's, there's like this friendship sparks between them and which is what they're playing all movie. I see Alison Brie and Jason Sudeikis working during those scenes. When I'm watching Amanda Pete and Sudeikis, no one's working. They are present. They are those characters. It's all just, spontaneous emotion and I'm buying it where I'm watching the other scenes. I'm like, I just see you guys trying to improv your way through the scene. I don't disagree with you, <laughs> I, but I, I do enjoy Alison Brie and Sadek's chemistry a little bit more than you. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was sweet personally. Yeah. Yeah. So but, each his own. It's a taste thing. Adam Pete and him had great chemistry mm-hmm. and they go home and they have sex and it's just like, you know, she she kind of forces him to stop because like she knows he's kind of a Lothario and she's like, no, 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 I'm going to be in control of this. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be going extremely well. And then he calls out Lainey's name during sex. Yeah. And interesting choice here. Amanda Pete decides to when she rolls off of him, she's like, so that happened. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? And he's like, yes. Very original scene. Yeah. I like it. I don't. I didn't get from her character before that point that she was th- that invested in him mm-hmm. and that like understanding of a person. She did not seem like that, but I just didn't, I didn't necessarily get why she was that invested in him that she would. I can show you why. And then I'd like to rewrite the movie. You write your first draft with your heart and you rewrite with your head. I think the movie, since it's an indie rom-com, you don't have to end like a conventional rom-com. Go the other way with your ending. Go the other way with your third act. This movie also does that, but they still, the very end, tie it together with these two characters still falling in love with each other. Uh I would have just diverted the movie with this, this scene, just like taking the course and just pushing it in a completely new direction and be like, what if the movie just follows this new relationship and Alison Brie and Jason Sudeikis just drift apart. And it's just we're We just watched a very important friendship that got them on a track mm-hmm. to have healthy romantic relationships. And we're watching the beginning of this healthy romantic relationship that Sudeikis has with Amanda Pete. And she's the only person who has the maturity to be like, okay, you've got some baggage. Mm-hmm. I actually want to work with you on your baggage. And that would have been something that, would be endearing to me to see these people like actually have something very honest. Which at the, I think at that point in time, you would have needed a couple more scenes with them earlier in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you this though, as somebody on this podcast, who's brought up that marrying your best friend is like, like an awesome thing. Cause that's what you did. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this movie, I would say Jason Sudeikis, not only when he tells Jason Manzukis this, but we see in the movie, Allison Brie is his best friend. Mm-hmm. They're both also attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. So why don't you want them together? Because I don't believe that you only have one best friend who you are attracted to in your life. 
And I think there are some people in your life who are there to swerve you in a direction and pivot you in a direction, but is not your soulmate. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I, I think that as well, but I didn't know that that's where you would also come down on And I line. think that could have made a lot more sense. For me, it made that's what I read chemistry-wise, because I'm like, there's great chemistry between our two main characters, but there's something special about the chemistry between these characters. Well, the movie gives us that, because um, basically, I mean, there's this very sweet scene uh, between Alison Brie and Jason Sudeikis after this night where they just lie down on a bed together, look at each other and say, I love you for free. Mm-hmm. And it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And she she gets into, she way before this, she got into med school. Mm-hmm. So she's going to Michigan and he's going to, he's going to stay there and date Amanda Pete. And they end on this nice note where he sends her off and he's like, I'm dating Amanda Pete now. And two months later, he and Amanda Pete, when they're in like a really great relationship, he sees Matthew Sobacek uh-huh. and they're all out at brunch. Matthew Sobacek is with his super pregnant wife and Jason, but Jason Sudeikis doesn't know this because her belly's under the table. Right. And he clocks Adam Scott, Matthew, yeah. Matthew Sobacek in the face. Uh-huh. And I want to rewrite the movie <laughs> now. Okay. So what happens in this scene is um, Jason Sudeikis punches him and we're all like, yeah, he probably deserved it. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, he like also sees that he's with his pregnant wife and is like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And she starts hitting him. But then Matthew Sobacek comes back at him and they start fighting, 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 fighting. Yeah. And they both get taken away by the cops. Yeah. But that is also when the wife's water breaks. Right. And Jason Sobacek, as is our, or Matthew Sobacek, which is, it's already been established in the movie is giving is helping her give birth right. because he's her doctor. Right. And so there's this moment where Jason Sudeikis just watches all of this happen and decides not to be like, this is my fault. Right. Be- and he just wants to punish Matthew Sobacek for everything he's done to, um, Alison Brie. Right. I do think that's an honest moment, uh-huh. but it's v- it, like the movie doesn't really rest on how, dark that makes Jason Sudeikis. Right. It's a very unlikable thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think I would have in that moment had him be like, no, 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 it's not his fault. I attacked him. Like, obviously she's having a baby. Let him go. It's, this is my fault. Right. Take me away. Right. And I really think that would have brought, if you wanted him with Amanda Pete, I think that would have brought her back on board. (laughs) If, if uh, you wanted him with Lainey, I think it, earns him that nobility to be with Lainey because he was, he was her knight in that moment. But then at that same moment, he became a dark knight, not like Batman. Though. <laughs> I, it's just like the dad juices in are in me. I'm like, no, it's just not acceptable. What's not acceptable. Him just assaulting him and the way the movie plays out like it would have been acceptable if he like made up for it in the midst of it yeah that's what i'm saying but he did not no 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 that's what i'm saying yeah rewriting the movie i think it it, would be yeah then he would be more noble yeah that's what i'm saying like if i had to rewrite the movie that's what i would do because at it's it's weird this movie wants like after this point in time in the movie the movie has like all these moments that feel like a rom-com where he's sitting in the police department and he his one call he calls Allison Bree and he's like 
he has this really good conversation with her where he's like, I love you. And I did this thing and I'm here. And he like steals the phone away from the cops because they want to like take it away from him. And he's just yelling, I love you. But it's like, this doesn't make up for what you just did. (laughs) I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, he's calling you. And he says, I wanted to prove my love for you by assaulting your your ex-boyfriend. No, that's not what he says. But that's the action. No, so that's he, the action. He assault he no he assaults him, but then he like says on the phone, he's like, Look, I didn't realize until I snapped that I ha- like the reason why I did is because I am just so in love with you. Right. And it's not I hit him so that you will love me. <laughs> no, it's not it's not a like love me there because I have done this, but it's like that's when like in this turn of events, that's mm-hmm. when she accepts him as a lover. I I it's it's just a weird moment to pivot on and I'm like looking at this movie I'm like I understand that you're trying to do something different, but this is so confusing and so caustic and it's just so weird that Again, I can't get behind I, what's going would, on right I, now. I couldn't either, but I think if he had was like I fucked up and yeah. I made this mistake and I almost cost somebody else their happiness in revenge because I loved you and all of this is stemming from the fact that I was never vulnerable and honest with you and said, I wanted to be with you because really the whole thing is if he was with her and knew how healthy she was and didn't lose her, I think that's the reason why he hit him is because they were never able to be together because of how partially damaged she was. And like, like it, it is a little convoluted though. Yeah. And there's, it just, it also just whiffed of this weird privilege thing where he can just run around with the phone in his hands. It's like, fuck you cops. And just, there's no consequence of just like the cops are like, ah, that crazy Sudeikis running around with our phone. Yeah. It it would have been, they they shot it weird. And that's the thing. It's like too many turns where I'm like, I'm sorry guys, this, the, the disbelief, I can't suspend it any further. It's gone. I've, I've dropped it. And so at the end, he gets married. Alison Brie and Jason say just get married or we, they're on their way, but they decide to have sex. And they basically drop the log line of the movie when they say, hey, it's crazy that we lost our virginity to each other. But then we're also going to have but we waited till marriage to have sex. And I was like, yeah, that is that, that, <laughs> that is that is weird. That is how you'd pitch the movie. That That is weird. Yes. Um. And yeah, <laughs> I think let's not, let's, what did you think about this movie overall? What's your star rating? I watched this movie several years ago when I was considering it as a programmer at the movie theater I worked mm-hmm. for. I said, fine, sure. Only because it had this cast. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really like this movie, but this cast is attractive and people are going to go. So <laughs> this cast is attractive. <laughs> so let sure. Let's do it. Okay. Um, the second time I watched it, I liked it a little bit more because mm, there were some scenes that I just got wrong my first watch through. I was like, like what? The scene where she's dancing at the children's birthday party. Yeah. My first read was she's doing a sexy dance for these children. I'm like, no, she's just no. stoned off her gourd just dancing. Yeah. And she's so good with kids that they're just like, this is fun. Yeah. But the first time I was like, the fuck? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's on me. I misread it the first time. Yeah, I can see how you'd misread it though, because I also think that her 
taking off her shirt is a really weird move for the filmmaker to be right. like, this makes this scene better. Yeah, but then it just was David Bowie. I'm like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I dance. And yeah. Jason Sudeikis jumps in there and he's like, all right, everybody do your thing and we'll just dance over here. And yeah. Yeah, it works. Um, but so I was like, okay, I, I, I can see those scenes a little bit more. And I didn't really notice Amanda and Pete the first time around and this, the really good stuff with her. Sure. Um, so two and a half stars but that's that's a five that's a thumbs down okay. for me i'm i'm saying i do not recommend this movie to people it's there under that rotten tomato 65 percent yeah it or is 60 percent it's a thumbs down for me so i think i'm gonna give it a three because i really did like the acting a lot mm-hmm. I, and i think they they lifted a pretty mediocre script right up, up quite a few notches with their acting I was like Robin. When the, there's a scene where Allison Brie and uh, Jason Sudeikis are walking through a store, like doing friend stuff, buying TVs together. Yeah, right. And it's an electronics store. And there's a scene in When Harry Met Sally where they walk through an electronics store and they stop to do a like a karaoke, and that's where and that's where a um, uh, Billy Crystal's ex shows up, right? Mm-hmm. And Robin was like, if either of their exes show up, like this is kind of a last straw. Moment. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really glad that like the moments were so superficial that they were copying from like the yeah. story. Yes. But like everything else was like, ah, we're doing a split screen where we're both in bed. It was, yeah, it was kind of a jerk off moment, but it, I was like, don't copy any of the like best scenes from this other movie. Right. And you know, it's weird that, when Harry Met Sally seems to be the only true film that is getting carbon copied. It isn't it. It's weird because they don't do it with like a Sleepless in Seattle where it's like these two people are apart and they right. meet at the end. And even uh, Marry Me is like, ah, it's like Notting Hill. Right. But it doesn't feel like a carbon copy of Notting Hill. It just feels like the same kind of jumping off point. Well, yeah, because Notting Hill's like a nice piece of literature and Marry Me Marry is like a TikTok. It's a nice little, it's, it is a TikTok, but, but we don't, I didn't get the same kind of like, I've seen this movie before. Sure. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, and yeah, this, this movie did feel like if you took, uh, what was the other Adam Scott movie? And that was the other thing. It felt very similar to the other Adam Scott movie. Kids with friends, kids with friends, where friends with kids, friends with kids, <laughs> these kids with friends. <laughs> Uh, there were a lot of kids who had friends in this movie. I like Actually, this... there was one kid who didn't have friends. <laughs> I like this movie more than Friends with Kids. I'll give it that. Okay. I, I think I did too, simply because the characters were more likable. Yeah. Like, I would be friends with our main characters very readily. Not I... Matthew Sobachek. No, no. No. Also, don't you dare come to my kid's birthday party stoned like that. Or, I don't know what you're called. That's what Robin said, too. I, like, fuck I, off. Go fuck home. I, I have some friends who are would probably be a chill stoned and they'd just be, like, hanging out. And I'd be like, oh, you guys could be fine. It's one of those things where it's like... It depends it was, on the person, if, I feel and like. And it depends on the truck. Because, <laughs> like, sure. there are some people you don't even notice that they're stoned. Yeah, for but sure. they are very clearly on Molly and it's like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of my house. <laughs> Um, I think the, um, there's, there's this, this scene that also made it a little bit wonderful where, uh, Alison Brie goes back to Adam Scott and she's, she's like, Hey dude, you done, you, you suck. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he's suing, uh, Jason Sudeikis and she, the way she, the, pa- the pa- pathos that she brings to that scene where she's like, 
she's like, I remember every single moment with you. That's how much you meant to me. And she's like, if I told your wife, like any of these moments, would they ring true? Mm -hmm. And he's like, he like buries his head and is like, yeah, some of them. Mm-hmm. It felt felt very real in those moments. And Adam Scott is such a good actor. To mm-hmm. see him play a villain is really strange. Yeah, and to be fair, these neither of these characters are very relatable to me at all. So my disinterest in this film kind of stems in the like, I don't really care for either of you guys uh, because I don't really, I don't really relate to their. You mean Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis? Yeah, oh, like okay. they both have ethoses that are just not better or worse just different from mine it's just like i relate to it whereas harry met sally like there are aspects of harry i really relate to and there's aspects of sally i really relate to too i felt like when harry met sally chose to be interesting in its scenes Mm -hmm. like in its in its um in its trappings Mm -hmm. like we're at a baseball game we're you know um at a batting cage we're um you know talking and arguing about this table in this you house made that a we're woman meow <laughs> yeah like there's there's so much going on in that film that is interesting as window dressing for our characters in this film you have two guys that were just made millionaires and you chose to make every single scene in a park in a bar or in somebody's house yeah doing nothing you can do better you could do better sorry you can do better yeah so that's those are those are my those are my thoughts I'm, and those are my thoughts. I'm glad that we've seen this movie, but I'd like to move on to Trope Talk now. And welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like Grok Talk because you understand the movie better. Grok. You can, you can grok it. <laughs> yeah, you can grok it. You can grok it. You can grok it. Grok's such a weird word. Grok. Whenever I say grok, I feel like I'm, I'm a surfer jock. Oh, see, I feel like I'm hanging out with Rothgar and we're having some mead in our grok. Is it? It doesn't feel like an old word. It feels like a, like a 19, like an early 90s word, but Dude, it must that's be so older. grok. So grok. That, it's not, that's not how you use that word. Oh, even. I, I grokked home? No, different again. I drank from the grok? Here, let's look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> Classic grok? Classic rock. It's my favorite genre. <laughs> um, okay, so I told you before I wanted to bring up um, the squeaky clean Bellamy. I, whatever his name is. Whatever his name is. Who the hell are you? Hold on. I have to look him up. Um, his name is Mark Blucas. <laughs> right, the Blucas. The Blucas. I thought I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, I know him. How do I know him? <laughs> I know you. Well, okay. It's that essential quality where I'm sure he's a nice dude. But it's, there's an essential quality to the face of a Bellamy. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to discuss that because we've talked about Bellamy's before. But I think if you are going to be a true Bellamy of a movie, generally speaking, not all the time, you are a level of attractiveness where you are attractive but not striking, symmetrical, and non-unique. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about a Bellamy's face where – if they were in a crowd, like they'd make good spies because if they were in a crowd, they would disappear. Mm-hmm. But if you saw them, you'd be like, I'm attracted to you, mm-hmm. but not in a way that sweeps you off your feet. It's right. more like, yeah, I guess you'd be a safe choice. Yeah. So listener, I'm going to ask you, get out your phone, Google Ralph Bellamy in Google image search. Look at his face. He's nice. Yeah. Like, he looks nice. You would very much be doing a good thing to take him home. (laughs) Is a Ralph Bellamy, though, the kind of face where the neighbor's like, he always seems so nice? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, listener. Now go look up Ted Bundy. <laughs> go look up Cary Grant. Oh yeah. Now you tell me who you'd rather boff. See, and there's there's something about I, I don't want to dwell like because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. But there's only something ugly people say. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, <laughs> but but there is something about Cary Grant's face that is a little less symmetrical, mm-hmm. but for that, a little bit more handsome and a little bit more unique character. Yeah, unique is is the essential quality of somebody who is like Tom Hanks is n- a, not a non beautiful human. He's mm-hmm. he's a gorgeous dude, but he's so unique looking. Yeah, which is why he's always playing the lead role. Yeah, he's Sorry, not a Bellamy. Ralph Bellamy, but yeah. you had a nice illustrious career as a supporting player. What, what is that in our in our clip of Ralph Bellamy uh, where he's like always uh, always 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 a man but never the leading man Something no it's not like that. that I'll play it here Ralph Bellamy always a friend but never getting the girl um but yeah it's uh, it, there's just something essential about a Bellamy's face mm-hmm. and I want to explore because we've had a bunch of female Bellamy's that we haven't been talking about but I want to explore it a little bit more because Amanda Pete ends up being a Bellamy by the mm-hmm. end of this movie but she has a much more striking face She's than not, our usual Bellamy's. She doesn't look like a Bellamy. So I'm, I'm wondering if if female Bellamy's have a similar look or if they tend to be more striking just because societally we're like oh in order to attract a man they have to be at least this attractive well what's her name in the proposal who's that actress um i'm blanking on her name but sandra bullock no the other lady yeah okay her 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 (laughs) uh but it's just like stand her up against sandra bullock it's like well they're both melaine ackerman melaine ackerman they're both and and this is like it feels weirder when I'm talking <laughs> about these women. Two women. It's like, who would I rather be? <laughs> but with? I'm fine being like, uh, you know, Greg Kinnear, <laughs> whatever. But Greg Kinnear does have an interesting face, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both extremely beautiful. It's the beauty isn't what we're talking about here. It's there is a unique quality, and I think it also comes down to like how you dress them, how you do their hair, how you do their makeup. That. Most Bellamy people, like Malin Ackerman, Mm -hmm. where she's dressed to be sweet. Right. Which is the, like, the male Bellamy generally ends up being very nice, and the female Bellamy ends up being very sweet. But she never comes off striking as to be her own person. Right. Which I think this movie did well. Yeah. They gave us a good character with Amanda Peet. Yes. Which is why you probably wanted her to be... Yeah. She didn't fulfill the Bellamy role extremely well because she was a good character. Right. And think about Bill Pullman... It's mm-hmm. not his face. It's what he does with his face. Because in Sleepless in Seattle, <laughs> in Sleepless in Seattle, he's just straight up Bellamy. Where he's, he's Walter. Like, he's nice Walter. He's a thumb. But <laughs> while you were sleeping, there's something like, that's Sarah's go-to, that's my dream guy person. Well, yeah. He has a different haircut. He's wearing jean jackets. The way he holds his body is a little bit more like hunched over and like work a day. Yeah. It makes him a more interesting, handsome dude. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say unique rather than handsome, but I find him more handsome because of his uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are people that can cross that boundary. But not Mark Lucas. No. For, <laughs> like he, he dates Buffy 
like over the course of these seasons and the whole time you're like, okay, but he's not Spike and he's not uh, Angel. So what is he doing here? It's like when you watch other sitcoms and your main character falls in love with the person, but they're very much a guest star and you're just kind of like waiting for this guest star to leave because it's like i know you're just going to be on here for three episodes you're going to have a weird thing Mm -hmm. like any boyfriend or girlfriend on the friends show that isn't a main cast character it's like you're going to disappear eventually except for tom Selleck. like he keeps coming back and our honorary seventh friend of paul rudd sure right and he sticks around Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't have been surprised if eventually monica ended up with tom Selleck at one point during the show yeah that guy can't be a Bellamy. Have you oh, seen him? Now I, there's a mustache. Even without the mustache. It's, he's not as powerful without it, but he'd, he'd still rock your world. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I think that brings us straight on over to our Patreon. That was, ta- that was I, the sound of money just rushing through my hands. Yeah, all of our money. <laughs> um, well, I mean, now that uh, Tom Selleck joined our Patreon, um, he, I mean, he, he added Thanks, an extra... Tom. $5,000 a month. So it's been really great since we're happy yeah. to have you, Tom. Yeah. He'll be voting and um, we haven't seen his vote yet come through, but he will be in our April movie poll. He increased our Patreon by about 5,000%. <laughs> uh, this month, you patrons get to pick the movie that we're going to watch. It's wedding themed. So we're looking at My Best Friend's Wedding, Bride Wars, Bridesmaids, and The Wedding Planner. And we still have a log jam. We got a tie between My Best Friend's Wedding and Bridesmaids. And honestly, at this point, I'll take them both. Me too. I, I like them both. I, well, I still haven't seen Bridesmaids, but I've heard it's great. Wait, but you, oh, it's been a long time since you've seen My Best Friend's Wedding. A long time. Yeah. A long, like, do you remember plot details? Bad karaoke. That's it. Um, uh, Julia Roberts' best friend sings at the, uh, at the wedding dinner. Yeah. We got to watch this movie again. (laughs) Okay. I I know that Julia Roberts (laughs) sabotages a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I also wrote an essay. The train man was absent this week, which was great for both of us because we were super busy and tired. Yeah. This just came by USPS. Which is, it was, it was a little more expensive, but a lot less chaotic. Yeah. And you write about... Batman's loves. Yeah, I just we the Batman, the Batman just came out. Article. I, I'm. Thank you for playing that, Hans Zimmer. Oh wait, no, I'm editing this week. Oh, I, are you editing this? I'm week? editing. I got it. Oh, okay, you got it in there. Um, the it's Michael Giacchino actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah Michael Giacchino. Oh yeah, Hans Zimmer did the uh, did the Nolan Batman. That's right, Michael Giacchino. Can I just say? We get it, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I know. We get, we get it. it. <laughs> like, back in the day, I was excited about it, but now we get it. Calm down. I, I watched, Robin and I both watched the um, the Hans Zimmer Masterclass on Masterclass, because uh-huh. we were like, maybe we'll get more about writing music after watching it. And it was like... He's like, I make my assistance to it. No, like, <laughs> the whole time he was just like... So music is this ever-present thing, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes I do this, but it, there weren't any like, ah, okay, if you move from this chord to this chord and elongate this out and use logic like this, it never gets, like, I'm done with Masterclass. Like, you're, they're never going to sponsor us anyway. Right. I'm done with it. Like, I got a free pass for a year and there were a couple of good classes, but it was all like the unexpected one, like Billy Collins teaching poetry. Mm. I was like... Uh, like I've taken poetry classes with teachers that don't know how to teach poetry and some that do mm-hmm. like Lori Lamont, you're mm-hmm. great. But like his was so surprising. Cause he was just like, he, 
he taught you to think just a little bit differently. Mm. Whereas like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he was like going to talk about how to communicate science. And I'm like, this is something I could learn about. And the whole time he's just like pattering on like us on this podcast. I'm like, you're not teaching me anything. Get out of here. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Don't subscribe to Masterclass. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so um, the I'm sure there's good ones. <laughs> the yes, Ron that, Howard is listening. He's like, God damn right there. I we did watch Ron Howard's. I got opinions about that too, but um, for the most part, I liked it. Okay. Um, Batman has a lot of loves. Catwoman's his main love, mm-hmm. but he's got he's got other ones, reporters and the like, other rich people. Um, so the bat the Batman shows Catwoman as someone who's not really in line with the Batman's ethos. Um, is that something that fuels their romantic conflicts in the comics? It does because especially early on in Batman's career, she is, she, I mean, she's a cat burglar yeah. basically. And you know, in, in something like year one, she's like living on the streets and she comes from a completely different background than him. And so she she decides I'm going to be a burglar, but I'm also going to fight for the little person. Right, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to just be basically a bat cop and fight for the little person." And their their conflict is she's like a girl's got to eat, and so she's going to steal. Mm-hmm. And her morality is far grayer than his, but he is super attracted to her, and he knows that she works for the good of Gotham. And so he never puts Catwoman away. Right. Like there, at least I can't remember a comic where he does. Right. Like she, she never crosses the line too much. Every yeah. once in a while, like she, she might kill somebody, but you're like, oh, he, he murdered your dad and you're out for revenge or something. Can like I just that. say that Batman stories sound infinitely more interesting to me than the Marvel stories of like, Dr. Strange is going to do this something with this person this week. I'm like, Good for him, but what's Batman up to? Yeah, well, I, I like. This is why I want you to finish reading all the I know. Batman comics. Kelly I got you. me all the bat, like all, all the, the Batman, all the comics. good Batman comics. And I've read some of them, but I I got to keep going. <laughs> well, what, maybe we'll Batman up, aside. We'll update the listeners <laughs> on that later. But I I just think it's fascinating trying to date as Batman, and I I just want to talk about like the people that he chooses to date and why mm-hmm. Catwoman's definitely the most interesting. But yeah. We'll talk about others too. Yeah. Uh, also this month, uh, our bonus episode is Gilmore girls season four. Yep. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the future and <laughs> like with jetpacks, <laughs> but I'm watching these, uh, I'm watching this early aughts show. I'm like, man, maybe we really do need to, after Gilmore girls is wrapped. Mm-hmm. OC. Oh Yeah. I'm really, yes, I'm, I'm really, really considering it. Gosh, that's still months and months away. We'll get to it. We'll okay. get to it. It'll, it'll come sooner than later. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, that's the Patreon. Please um, help out though any way you can. If you don't have money to contribute, just share a nice little review. Yeah, I mean, it would really help out. Yeah, thank you mm-hmm. in advance. Yeah, well, uh, in the future. Yeah, um, I, I, I now get to ask you a more exciting question, uh, Kelly. Can you, can you tell me? who you're going to give your Golden Sword Award mm. to. She! A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I, I got to think what embodies the golden sword, right? It's nine melted down Oscars mm-hmm. forged into a sword by an elf lord. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and tempered, st- tempered, right? It, it was one thing and it became something else. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to give this sword to Alison Brie. I, I mainly want her to be able to defend herself from Adam Scott. She is, she throughout this movie, like goes from at a touch at a word. She is all of her willpower goes away. Mm -hmm. And by the end of this movie, she has a will like steel. Mm. And I think that means if Adam Scott ups his game in any way, his manipulation game, and she's not ready for it, she'll, she'll like have the capabilities to defend against him, Mm. but a sword probably would also help her out. And so I'm going to give the golden sword to her. Yeah. Now that you're saying these things, it's, it comes, becomes clear to me the intent behind what this movie wanted to say. And it could have said it better. And at least we, understood the intent we just didn't really like fully get the message loud and clear as well, much as we hope i think we didn't feel it like yeah, we wanted to yeah 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 um but nonetheless allison brie you're amazing yeah 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 um i'm giving my golden sword award to jason manzukis because he is the unofficial winner of the improv contest that this movie is because <laughs> they are all competing against each other andrea savage jason manzukis sudeikis Alison Brie, um, Adam Scott, even uh, no, Na- Adam Scott probably didn't. Natasha Leone, she's got lots of great zingers that are yeah. going on uh-huh. throughout this movie, and I think again, it, it, I will just repeat, it felt like the script just was incompetent as a comedy script, and just was like, can you guys figure something out? Because I didn't, I couldn't come up with anything. You know what it felt a little bit like was the um, the new Ghostbusters script, the Melissa McCarthy script mm-hmm. where like she didn't write it. She was just yeah. one of the actors. Um, but like where it did feel like there was a skeleton, no pun intended nah. of a script there. And like all the story beats were there, but a lot of the comedy, they were just like, dad, dad, Chris, Mike, just go, just go and give us something. Here's the thing. When it comes to improv behind every great, fantastic improv performance, and that performer, that great improv performer, whether it's like Vince Vaughn or you know Will Ferrell or someone mm-hmm. like that, is an even greater director. Mm. They well, are greater, at least at least at least equal to. Yeah, okay. Um, they are shaping that film and shaping that performance. Don't believe me? Watch the deleted scenes of all the Judd Apatow movies. Yes, because there's a lot of trash. <laughs> what Judd Apatow is doing is curating performances and he's shaving off more performance than he's getting. Yeah. And tell you the truth. I hated a lot of Jason Manzukis's lines, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that were obviously written. Well, not obviously they were the ones that fulfilled the story beats that fulfilled like character exposition. I was more, well, maybe it was just the, the final credits like improv where he's just going and he and Andrea Savage yeah, just no, that's go really and go funny. And go actually, and go. like if if you do watch this movie, stay for the credits because they talk as a couple, and it's really good. I feel like she just she plays off of him so well, right? And I feel like I would go to 
an improv show starring Manzukis and Andrea Savage. <laughs> I was actually kind of interested in their relationship. Yeah. I'm like, if there was a spinoff movie about those two, I'd watch it. But if there was like a marathon session where it was a live stage show and the prompt is, okay, you're an old married couple, go. Mm-hmm. And they they string out like an hour and a half out of it. Yeah. I think that would have been an enjoyable thing. Yeah, I agree. I... Uh, there was this one, there was this one moment where remember when they meet in the office and mm-hmm. him and Sudeikis, they meet in their office and he's like, you have to come to this party and, you know, bring, bring your, your person along. Mm-hmm. And Jason Sudeikis says, and this is obviously part of the script. He's like, in eight years, you've never invited me like yeah. to your house, to a family function. But then Jason Manzukis, <laughs> and this is why I don't necessarily like improv sometimes. Cause it breaks this scene. Right. He's like. Every single event you've ever come to, you always hit on the moms and then you turn the moms against each other and they're mad at me and you and then my kids have no friends. And it's like he just said like four seconds ago that you've never invited him to an event. Right. Like, so those two things don't match. I've already given up on the logic of this movie. So I'm like, "Ah, sure, I'll take whatever this bit is. This is why, like, I can be like, Jason Manzoukas, you're super talented. Editors, you if you're going to have in, improvers in your movie and you're going to have like script light, then you're going to have a lot of work to do to make things match up. Well, that's why I'm saying it's all on the director and you got to be like, it's better for you to write a really funny script than to try and do the Apatow or Adam mm-hmm. McKay way of like improving your way through a movie. I think if you have a good joke written and then like the comedian acting in your scene knows the intent mm-hmm. of that joke and can punch it up. I think that's really good improv. And I like seeing that. I feel like that's what Bill Murray does. Yeah. And I, I this feels like a quote about Adam McKay and I might be completely off, but I feel like that's what they did for Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. And you saw the bad version of Step Brothers where they didn't curate it. You saw the unrated version. So yeah. it's like all this extra garbage that didn't make it better. The regular, not unrated version is the funny version because they, cut it down to just its best bits Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure their method was do the scripted version first then will ferrell's version second and then um john c Riley's version third and everyone gets a chance to try something and you know whatever comes out to be the best is the best like it it sounds like an episode of um whose line yeah and maybe i'm wrong maybe that's not what they did but i feel like that's what i would do but <laughs> so it must be what Adam McKay did. I, and clearly I would be such a good improv director. I would really know what to do with these people. Like I, I'm, I'm Ryan, criticizing. Ryan, 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 tell a joke. Um, be funny. A duck walks into a bar. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't do it. But again, it's kind of like, okay, I'm just man yelling at cloud with something like this, but mm-hmm. All right. no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm the one who gets more miffed at when, when improv goes wrong. Yeah. Well, when, that's my favorite book. <laughs> when improv goes wrong. Well, we've been dumping on improv, so let's turn it around and ask me the important question. Would you give this movie a rom-com Oscar Martinez? <laughs> I don't know why I always like saying that. We were listening to last week's episode and Sarah's like, oh, did he even say it? I'm like, no, he was really quiet. And she's like, oh, he is tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I was super tired. <laughs> Rob, uh, I want to say thank you to Sarah in case she ends up listening to this episode as well. Um, you were there for my wife last night when my wife was having a really tough baby time. Mm. And she said that, like, I think they called and texted or something back and forth. And your wife was like, I'm, I'm going to be like mom 
Mm. I'm I'm gonna be like mom Sherpa for Robin right now because Robin was having such a a difficult night with our baby because our baby was going through a no sleep, loud yelling phase of finding her voice. And um I just I I love that we can be best friends and support each other. Yeah. It's the thing about being friends with fellow parents is I can't take this I can't carry this thing for you, but I can carry you. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Kind of thing where it's just like I you're going to have to deal with this. What can I do to help? Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't take away the burden. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's hard as a dad, especially when our kid's so little and needs so much like attention all the time yeah. to leave. Yeah. And so it's, it's always nice having extra support. Like Sarah came and babysat for us the other week so that we could have our like first <laughs> date. And it was, she came home shell shocked. She's like, Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, she's like, I get it. It's just, yeah, yeah. Ellen's a, a tough sleeper. She'll get there though. <laughs> I mean, tough sleeper, great personality. Yeah, yeah. For right? the yeah, definitely during the day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay. She, no, she's a sweetie pants. Um, Oscar goes to best. I don't want to call it cameo, but best one scene performance mm-hmm. with Adam Brody. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it. it's not a cameo. No, no, he's a character in the movie. But it's a best, like, with this person and this person. It's like, ooh, an important actor is in this movie, but they're not in much of it. <laughs> and and featuring Adam Brody. <laughs> with Jeremy Irons and Judy Dench. It's like, ooh, those what are is it important about, people. What is it about Jeremy Irons who, he's, like, such a great actor, but he's always in bad movies? Right. Yeah. Come on, Jeremy Irons. I feel like the, kind of the same thing about Adam Brody. Yeah. Like he's in good projects as well, but like he's in so many unsuccessful things that, but when I watch him in it, I'm like, you're so good. Mm-hmm. You can't carry the world on your shoulders, Adam Brody. Can you do, but so, you yeah. can carry us to Hollywood. Come work with us. <laughs> Best and with uh, performance. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm giving it to the makeup department. Okay. I thought Alison Brie's makeup was dynamic. And for a movie like this, where they didn't have to care so much, I don't know if it was her pushing, the director pushing, the makeup team pushing. They made her look young very easily. They made her look tired, upset, like having a great date. Like she she had really good makeup this entire movie. And um, it was something that I appreciated and I rarely do in movies like this. Nice. Yeah. It's something I didn't notice at all. Um, <laughs> go back and watch it again. But right I'm now. glad that you appreciated it. <laughs> I'm glad that it's like Robin was like, I love Mochi the other day. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But I'm so glad you love it. <laughs> well, Kelly, who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friend the truth of it is i loved you from the first second i met you but mostly i hate the way i don't hate you not even close not even a little bit not even at all you have bewitched me body and soul and i love i love i love you i know probably not adam brody no because you know he was he was nice and all but he seemed like an over Talker. Yeah, he, he's, a little, he's a little much. And probably not Adam Scott either. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm going to go Alison Brie. Alison Brie. She was damaged 
is in control of her life, is going to be a doctor, and seems super nice. I think I would try to build her, I would try to be that supportive partner that would build her confidence a little bit more, rather, Mm -hmm. because I think Jason Sudeikis does a good job at that, but there's a lot of times where I think he condescends to her, and she's already used to Adam Scott condescending to her. He cons and sends and... But I think I could be, I think I could be a good partner. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm going with Amanda Pete cause she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just awesome. She is. She's really great in this movie. It's a good pick. Really close second to Andrea Savage. She foin. She, um. Jason Mendoza's is lady. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. You're like, I guess. I know. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out whether she was uh, Natasha Leone's girlfriend or the person she was dating. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't who know that if she is. was actually her girlfriend or like. I I like. There's something about Mary, but there's also something <laughs> about when Harry met Sally. Where if if Nora Ephron was in charge of this movie, we would have known so much more about Natasha Leone's character. Uh huh. <laughs> And, yeah. and she would have factored into the plot. Yeah. She would, she would have not just been a sounding board who was like, <laughs> like, cause I feel like Jason Manzoukas and her fill these roles where they're like, we enter a scene and they're like, you know about your relationship is X. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I'm glad that we ended up here talking about this. <laughs> Screenwriters. I say this as person who's done this in the scripts that I've written. Do the thing that Kelly said works in When Harry Met Sally. Don't do the other thing that a lot of indie rom-coms do, where you just have side characters. Even conventional rom-coms do this, where it's like, we'll have Judy Greer just come in and just yeah. ask questions for our characters so they can answer themselves. Yeah, it, it can't be that. Like, the the scene, I'm thinking of the scene in the baseball stadium where, um, or it could be football. I can't remember what they're watching. It's football. It's football. Um, they, Billy Crystal and, uh, why can't I think Brunigans. of this? Bruno Gans? No, Bruno... Bruno... Kirby. Bruno Kirby. Bruno Gans is German. (laughs) I don't know Bruno Kirby's background, but... um, (laughs) So they're they're doing the wave, right? It's that famous scene where they're talking about the fact that um, Billy Crystal just got divorced, Mm -hmm. right? Or broken up with. No, divorced. Divorced. And... It's a it's a scene like a lot in this movie where mm-hmm. two people are talking about a relationship, but it's not one person being like, "Hey, you know what? I wanted to talk about your relationship randomly." Mm-hmm. It's these two friends commiserating, watching sports together, and just being like, "This sucks." It's just artful dialogue because it's not trying to accomplish an objective. Yeah, it's not it's not saying, "Hey, I need to forward the plot a little bit through this dialogue." Mm-hmm. It's I need to elucidate how these characters are feeling. And I feel like so many movies are trying to be way too efficient these days and saying, okay, we're going to forward plot and character at the same time. Cause if we don't do that, we're not going to accomplish our goal of telling this arc story within 90 minutes. And ladies and gentlemen, what, when Harry met Sally does is storytelling. And a lot of this movie is plotting. Yeah. But not all of it. And a lot of it seems to be Adam Scott plotting to kill somebody. <laughs> twiddling that mustache um well what are we watching next week we need a movie there is a number between one and 179 there is a number should i find it should i tell you it give me that number 77 great year Ooh, going back to a classic the apartment Oh, serious? Yes. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. We're going to talk about how maybe not all of this is a comedy. (laughs) 
Maybe it's not even a rom-com. <laughs> but it should be on this list. Isn't it kind of... like I've only ever watched it once with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it kind of a little bit more of a drama than anything? Yeah. So we'll get into it. Okay, great. Cool. Well, um, I can't wait to watch that with you next week, Ryan. And I love you. Like Catwoman loves stealing pretty jewels. Damn. I love you so much that I would be those jewels. So I'd, I'd steal you? Yeah, I, I, I would let you steal me. I don't really want to m- make your child a, an orphan. Oh, no, he still has a mom. It's fine. Yeah, and, you know, Batman orphan kind of goes in line with it. So right. It does, he could grow up and and yeah, have revenge on re- me. Re- Great. No, I yeah. love writing my own villain story. This he, is good. He could say I'm vengeance. Love makes you do crazy things. Yeah. Like, like punch somebody. <laughs> and this is where we will say... Oh, goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs>